Long time no see. Oh, I wait, know. just kidding. Jake and I actually got to see each other this past weekend. Yes, and if you in follow on our Instagram, uh, yeah, you would have seen that we got to do a little hang. Actually, I saw you several times this past weekend. Oh my god, I saw you Thursday, Friday, Sunday. Oh Damn. my god, so yeah, many days. We, we made the time, and it was fantastic. We went. Um, I went up north um to northern california where we saw my boyfriend in a play which was like right around the corner from you yes it was uh, well over the river and through the woods but <laughs> yeah <laughs> literally you drove that same route that i did uh, to get oh my to God. me well, it was yeah the the road to get from where my boyfriend has been staying to where frankie lives it was like i was in wrong turn like the road was insane winding down i was like i am inches away from falling off a cliff ah screaming i was freaking out i'm grateful to be alive honestly it's like the mummy ride at universal studios honestly yeah it's it's horrible so i drove that route to meet up with you to see joey's show and then you drove that route to come see me so we could go watch x Yes! yes oh my gosh i know and i'm sure you assume that we're going to do a little mini review on it today but that is not the case nope. because we made an executive decision <laughs> and um decided we're going to be doing a full episode on it this coming month yes we unfortunately had to chop out a movie that i don't think we were really excited to do no. to do x because i think that yes. even though we gave it a fair rating we have been quoting it all weekend <laughs> <laughs> we, we really have and i'm really excited to uh definitely see it again and then sunday we went to brunch had a cute little brunch we did we had a little brunch we had a little smoke and it, i uh we went to a really cute store in which we were smelling like all these candles it was re- they were really gorgeous smelling we we're like smelling candle after candle it was like one of those like kind of i don't know kind of urbany urban outfitters meets yes you know meets one of those kind of stars elizabeth olsen and ingrid goes west <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes exactly some hipster bullshit store <laughs> yeah. so i'm smelling all these candles and i grabbed one assuming it was another candle and i unscrewed the lid and i you know put up to my nose and realized it was a jar full of powder and i threw it all over my face yeah it was bath milk <laughs> it was ba- yeah, bath milk bath milk powder okay. I was like, ew, what is that? <laughs> I know, it was all in my mouth. And um, yeah, so we just had some fun shenanigans. And it was really nice to just be able to spend time with you. I, I know. always enjoy it. I always enjoy your company. Honestly, it just, every time I'm with you, on, on over the phone, you know, it's like perfect. I get my fix. Yeah. But in person, honestly, the um, 
it's like we recalibrate to each other and like sync to each yeah. other's brain wavelengths. And then we just do this thing, like this, like one image or one inanimate object will just trigger yeah. our, uh, the same reference in our brains at the same time. And honestly. we just have shits and giggles all day. I love it. We do. Honestly, I will say this. I think you are one of my soulmates. Like, uh, honestly, I do. Yes. I, do. Not, I was just thinking about that. Not to get all mushy gushy, but I honestly do feel like you're one of my soulmates. Honestly, I feel like Jake and I were meant to know each other. Our interests are oh. just too <laughs> similar. Our they brains are. are just too... It's weird because our personalities are so different, but our brains work yeah. almost exactly the same. Exactly. It's like we we complement each other in a in a very specific way. Yes. Like orange and green. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. How did you know? <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, anyway, all the mushy gushy out of the way. Yes. Um we were, you know, brainstorming about what to do at the beginning of this episode from for from dusk till dawn. Ooh. And uh we were like, why don't we do mad libs? Because why not? <laughs> yes, let's. But you came up with a really clever way to do today's Mad Libs. So I did. The way we're doing it, um, according to Jake, is we've taken the synopsis <laughs> of a movie and we've taken out some key words that we'll be replacing with each other. Um, and ultimately, it'll all come together and then we have to guess which movie <laughs> it was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how hard this is going to be, but it's going to be fun regardless. I made one really challenging one, and then I was like, it's not funny. So then I made one really ridiculous one. I mean, you're going to make it ridiculous, right? right but I made yeah. that, and I was like, this is going to be funny and also very obvious, painfully obvious. So right. I'm going to start you off with mine, okay? Okay, sounds good. All right, give me four names. Tiffany, Safari. Shatar and Becky. Verb. Poop. Place. McDonald's. Verb. Squirt. Noun. Manhole. Verb. Push. Place. Bathroom. Another name. Jenna Ortega. <laughs> Object. A flashlight. <laughs> Perfect. Verb. Douche. Another verb. A trip. A month, day, or season. Just like a time of a time of year. Winter solstice. <laughs> Weapon. A whip. Body part. Asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Occupation. Fluffer. A what? A fluffer. Fluffer? You know what that is? What is that? That's somebody who gets somebody's dick hard. Like, oh, okay. Like, I'm a fluffer. Like, That's yeah. actually perfect. Another object. Perfume bottle. Glamour. Place. The Castro. Another verb. Throw. Body part. <laughs> Lips. Adverb. <laughs> Sexy. A writing tool. <laughs> Hammer and chisel? What is it called? <laughs> <laughs> a chisel, right? Sure. A chisel. Object. A bong. An animal. Pelican. Adjective. Furry. Noun. Lube. Occupation. An eye doctor. <laughs> Place. The salon. Family member. The step cousin. Name. Judy. Place. Public pool. <laughs> A verb. Drink. Another verb. Twerk. Occupation. 
Bikini waxer. Verb. Brush. Place. Hot topic. <laughs> I have it. It's all done. Okay. Okay. I'm really excited. <laughs> oh my God. This is going to be the dumbest thing you've ever heard. And you'll know exactly what movie it is. Okay. <laughs> okay. Tiffany and friends, Safari, Shatar, and Becky poop at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> While pooping, they accidentally squirt a manhole and and the manhole dies. The group decides to push the manhole in the bathroom. They all decide to keep the incident a secret, but also think another person, Jenna Ortega, may have seen what they did. (laughs) Later, Tiffany receives a fleshlight with the words, I trip what you douched last winter solstice. (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany tracks down Safari and they take the flashlight to Shatar. Shatar thinks it's Jenna Ortega and threatens her. Soon after, Jenna Ortega is killed by a whip-wielding maniac who jabs the weapon into her asshole. (laughs) No, Miss Jenna! No! Damn it. Tiffany also meets up with Becky, who now works as a fluffer. Later, <laughs> later, Shatar discovers a perfume bottle at the Castro. Written on it is a message, I throw. <laughs> it rhymes. <laughs> it does. Later, the assailant sneaks into Safari's house, cuts off her lips while she sleeps, and writes sexy with a chisel on her bong. <laughs> The next day, Tiffany finds Jenna Ortega's corpse covered in pelicans. <laughs> later, later, at the furry lube pageant, <laughs> Safari witnesses Shatar being murdered. After not finding the killer or Shatar, an eye doctor escorts Safari home. <laughs> Suddenly, the killer pops up and murders the eye doctor. Safari runs to her family's salon, where her step-cousin Judy is closing for the night. The killer murders Judy. Safari is chased and ends up in the public pool, where the killer catches up and twerks her to death. (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany figures out who the killer is and goes to tell Becky. A bikini waxer appears and drinks Becky unconscious. The killer chases Tiffany and she uncovers the bodies of the victims, including Safari and Shatar. Becky regains consciousness and rescues Tiffany. A year later, Tiffany is in Hot Topic and notices the words, I still brush, written on the door. (laughs) The killer suddenly appears as Tiffany screams. The end. (laughs) Wow. Mm, I don't know. What could it be? Are you confused? Uh, I know what you did last summer. Easy, easy peasy. What? No, that's not it. It's not I know what you did last summer. It's stab six. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That was so ridiculous. Okay, I'm ready for yours. Okay. All right, here we go. I'm nervous now. I hope mine's good. Okay. (laughs) All right. Celebrity. Pamela Anderson. (laughs) All right. Family member. Dad. Occupation. Clown. Verb ending in ing. Fucking. Animal. Crab. Mexican food or drink. Margarita. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. A verb ending in ing. Sucking. A noun. Flower. Famous song. XXX by Kim Petras. (laughs) (laughs) A famous song. Yeah, right. Yeah. (laughs) Adjective. Beautiful. An adjective. 
Horny. Uh, a country. Canada. A language. Spanish. Another country. Mexico. Uh, another celebrity. Paris Hilton. Adjective. Dirty. Noun. Lube. Um, a type of music. Gospel. <laughs> <laughs> a verb. Leak. A place. Taco Bell. An adverb. Playfully. Another <laughs> Mexican food or drink. Enchiladas. An adjective. Disgusting. Another adjective. Hairy. <laughs> An occupation. Waitress. <laughs> A verb. Fly. Adjective. Pink. A verb ending in ed. Screwed. Um, another adjective. Lovely. By a place. Ross. A number. 13. A geographic location. So like somewhere in the world. The Bermuda Triangle. Another verb ending in ing. Licking. All right, a noun. Bum. Can have more than one meaning. Yeah, that's true. Uh, another language. Portuguese. An adjective. We're almost there. Shiny. All right. Two celebrities. George Clooney and Salma Hayek. And our last one, a noun. Breast. Just one. <laughs> Just one breast. <laughs> All right. Here we go. All, All right. right. Written and directed by Pamela Anderson. Our movie begins with a dad who is a veteran clown who leads a family-based fucking group, The Crabs. At a young age, he notices that his daughter, Margarita, has a strong sucking flower, and he works her into the act. Her big number is a version of XXX by Kim Petras. (laughs) (laughs) However, as she grows more beautiful, Margarita wants to establish her own musical identity. While her heritage is horny Canadian, her primary language is Spanish, and her favorite (laughs) artists are Mexican acts like Paris Hilton. While Margarita and her dad sometimes argue about the dirty direction of the group, he always respects and supports her lube, and her blend of gospel roots and leakable rhythms soon spark a revolution in Taco Bell music. (laughs) Margarita later earns the wrath of her dad when she becomes playfully involved with Enchilada, a disgusting and hairy waitress hired to play with the group. But when they fly and Margarita convinces her dad that their love is pink, Enchilada is screwed into the group. (laughs) I just realized the movie. (laughs) After a long string of success on the lovely charts and playing to sell out crowds at the Ross and a crowd of 13 at the stadium in Bermuda Triangle. Margarita begins licking her first bum in Portuguese, which is expected to make her a shiny star on the level of George Clooney or Salma Hayek. (laughs) However, the fates decreed it was a breast she would never complete. The end. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that definitely took the story in a whole new direction. (laughs) I think, yeah, that was definitely a better direction for that true story that this is based on. (laughs) Wait, I like how you replaced their names with Mexican food. (laughs) I was so confused at first, like, what movie is this? But then I was like, it's Selena. (laughs) And everybody listening is probably like, oh! Oh! This is the story of Margarita. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think that I would have gotten it if 
we had not talked about Selena this weekend. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> oh my god. Speaking of, they're doing um, a Fathom event for the 25th anniversary of Selena. Yes. Um, come uh, April 7th? 5th or 7th? Thursday. 7th. It's the 7th. You know, yeah, I'm, it's a Thursday. I will be there. I'll be requesting that off oh. of work Ooh. so I can be there. I can't wait. I'm going to have to go to the, the night showing after work. But yes, I'm definitely going to that. Great. Perfect. Well, I think with uh, the Selena and everything, I think that gets us into our movie this week, which is From Dusk Till Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Another film um, that involves Mexican culture. Absolutely. <laughs> Import, an important Mexican film <laughs> by by famed Mexican director Robert Rodriguez. Yes, director of Stab. Um, also, this was... <laughs> Wait, <laughs> sorry, that, that took me a second. <laughs> That's hilarious. Also, this is coming fresh off of our Kill Bill episode, so I did want to acknowledge that this is the first time Quentin Tarantino was paid for his writing. Allegedly, oh my God. he made... $1,500 writing this screenplay, which he adapted from a story by special effects expert Robert Kurtzman of KNB Special Effects. In exchange, um, Robert Kurtzman, of course, created the ear removal scene in Reservoir Dogs for free. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a nice but little transaction. This was the job that Quentin Tarantino had that famously got him out of his job at the video store. Which is insane, considering that he had already written Pulp Fiction. I know, but he didn't get paid for that. He just wrote it. So... (laughs) (laughs) That is insane. I know. And he's famously known, obviously, from going from a video store worker to a filmmaker seemingly overnight. And this is actually how it all started. Who knew? See, it can happen for anybody. It can happen for you, happen for me. It can even happen for Quentin (laughs) Tarantino. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So this is part of um, Quentin Tarantino's universe as well as Robert Rodriguez's cinematic universe because the movie falls into the category, you know, Quentin, he has the real world and then he has what the movies they would watch in the real world. This is a movie they would watch in the real world, which I think is such a cool component of his films. Yeah, um, totally. And I think that, you yeah. know, they, it's really a callback to like the midnight movies that they became really famous for, those sort of exploitation right. films and uh, things like drive in movies. And the name itself is a reference to drive in movies, how these midnight films were shown from dusk till dawn. And Ooh, uh, yes. So it, it, it ties right into that. It's not just, you know, the neon sign outside the titty twister. It actually has a little bit more of a meaning than that. Yes, and actually playing into all of that, this was also the first time Quentin and Robert played around with a double feature, which they would later develop, obviously, into Grindhouse. But they consider this movie like a semi-double feature, like the first half being a crime story of which Tarantino was uh, famed for. And then the vampire scenario of it all is more of Robert Rodriguez's half. So they almost designed it as two separate stories, which it very much feels like two different stories, but... Well, well absolutely, it. because an hour into this movie, we have a huge switch in plot and <laughs> tone and everything. Genre, yeah. Genre, absolutely. So, um, why don't we get right into it? Yes, this is from dusk till dawn. You'll be my slave because I don't think you're worthy of human blood. You'll feed on the blood of stray dogs. 
You'll be my footstool. And at my command, you lick the dog shit from my boot heel. Since you'll be my dog, your new name will be Spot. Welcome to slavery. No thanks. I already had a wife. From Dust Till Dawn, released in 1996. Written by Robert Kurtzman and Quentin Tarantino, directed by Robert Rodriguez. Texas Ranger Earl McGraw, played by Michael Parks, pulls up to an isolated liquor store in Texas called Benny's World of Liquor. There he is again. I told you that bitch is going to show up in every movie we do this season. (laughs) It's undeniable. He shows up in another one as well that we're going to do. This is insane. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, well, like, like I said, we'll be seeing a lot of Mr. Oral McGraw, Mr. Michael Parks. And um, here he's like young and sexy. Uh, uh, well, uh oh, sexy, <laughs> dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, once inside, he speaks with a shopkeeper played by John Hawks about his hard day, then goes to use the restroom. As soon as he's inside the bathroom, the Gecko Brothers played a fucking shit. <laughs> I'm fucking hot too. Hold on. I need to close I, I'm so there. hot. It is 90 degrees where we are, everybody. I feel oh bad for God. all of you living in snow, but we're living in the heat of hell, so. Yeah, we're living on the sun. Hold on. <laughs> as soon as he's inside the bathroom, the Gecko Brothers, Seth, played by George Clooney, and Richie, played by Quentin Tarantino, two desperado type criminals appear with two hostages and guns pointed at the shopkeeper, apparently in the store the whole time. Seth threatens the shopkeeper and tells him to be cool. The sheriff returns shortly after he goes to pay. While talking to the shopkeeper, Richie kills the sheriff with a point-blank shot to the head. Seth and Richie argue because Richie claims the shopkeeper mouthed, help us. As the shopkeeper yells to defend himself, Richie shoots him in the shoulder. Seth and Richie argue and Seth decides to leave. As they're leaving, the shopkeeper jumps up and shoots Richie in his hand. They all start shooting. The hostages escape and the fight ends when Richie shoots alcohol bottles above the shopkeeper's head as Seth throws a lit toilet paper roll doused with lighter fluid at the shopkeeper. He's engulfed in flames. The brothers leave as the liquor store explodes. Seth angrily lectures Richie on turning an already tense hostage situation into a violent one when they could have made a clean getaway. The brothers drive further along the highway while Richie duct tapes his hand to cover the bullet hole. We're given an x-ray shot into the car's trunk where they have another hostage bound and gagged. They check into the rundown Drew Dot. <laughs> Drew Barrymore Hotel. <laughs> the Drew Barrymore Hotel. <laughs> Drew Drop. Okay. Played by David Arquette. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they check into the rundown Dewdrop Motel and discuss their plan to flee with their money they criminally obtained to Mexico and meet Seth's contact, Carlos, to give him a cut of the money and seek sanctuary in El Rey. Seth leaves the room to check out the border as Richie invites their hostage, Gloria, to watch TV with him on the bed, instructing her to take off her shoes. Of course he did. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You could tell Quentin Tarantino wrote this fucking movie. Oh my god, you can totally tell. And he with the intention that he was gonna play Richie. Oh, he was of like, course. I'm gonna design this movie so that I can fulfill all of my fantasies. You know who's feet I wanna suck on? George Clooney's. He is oh so my god. fucking hot in this he movie. He's so fine in this movie. I uh, want to suck his toes one by one. Take Every little piggy to the market. Oh, mouth market. 
Okay, so I have a question. If this is one of the movies that Quentin Tarantino's real-world characters would watch, does Earl McGraw just, like, die in this and then show up later and kill Bill? Yeah, he's like the Brenda of Scary Movie. Like, <laughs> he, he, like, dies, but then he just, like, comes Keeps back. He's coming and, back. Yeah, just, there's no explanation. There's no need. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, he's, like, this immortal character that just won't, that just won't die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny though. Yeah, it's like these characters obviously exist, I guess, in the same universe, but um, they don't follow any sort of rules. Logic but I guess or that's timeline. because this, along with Kill Bill, is something that it, are the movies, so they don't need any rules. Sure. I guess technically, they're of course they, they live by their own rules. The movies do what they want. They're movies. A yeah. movie's got a movie, as you say. Movies got a movie, and but I kind of like it. I like seeing characters that exist in different movies show up in other ones. It yeah. makes me feel like like it's all connected. It's all part of one big story, one big world. Exactly, and just like that, there are so many references throughout this film. I mean, from El Rey being a, a place from another movie that Robert Rodriguez loves, and just so many references yeah. throughout this movie, just like Kill Bill. I mean, you can tell that Robert Rodriguez and Quentin Tarantino are fucking nerds. Oh Film my nerds. god, they're such nerds. Oh my god. Um, yeah, and don't forget El Rey, because that's going to come up in another movie we do later. So um, just remember El Rey. El Rey, yes. The king, if you will. Yeah. Yes, the king. Um, I, I do love, like, Earl McGraw, though. He's kind of crazy. I mean, this conversation they have is really uh, un-PC, which is, you know... Oh! I mean, that is par for the course with Quentin. But I love how he, like, criticizes the gas station food and then buys a bottle of Jack. That's all. Oh, I know. Me. Yes. That microwave food's gonna kill you. I'm gonna yeah. get tanked tonight. Yeah, <laughs> give me a bottle of Jack. <laughs> I know. See, but that's funny writing. That's clever. I know. Is it bad that I would want to be one of Seth's hostages? Oh my god. I mean, no. I mean, imagine him just manhandling you, tying you mm, up. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Mm, literally one of my notes is, God, Jesus. I said, Jesus is Clooney hot in this. <laughs> I know. Mine says George Clooney is fucking hot. <laughs> yeah. And his voice, ooh, this was like right before he did Batman too, and so, like, this is like peak, peak Clooney. Yeah, you know that, I read a fun fact that in the German uh, voiceovers, that, you know, they recorded, oh, somebody yeah. recorded Seth's lines, then he had them re-record it so that they would sound more manly and menacing, because they yeah. were more, like, warm and soft. <laughs> they were, like, high-pitched and annoying like us. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine <laughs> like <laughs> us speaking German for George Clooney's lines? Oh my god, it's like that. Have you seen that boy that I almost see those memes of him where it's like he's like talking in German, but he's like really gay. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, yes. <laughs> that's yes, who that, was doing the voice. That was the do- he was doing the voice for George Clooney. Who knew? Vasi's das Richie. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, one of the great visuals of this section is when they turn on the shopkeeper. You know, they shoot Earl McGraw in his in his fucking head, and then they plan this really, actually, like very smart and strategic move, which is for Richie to shoot the liquor bottles above the shopkeeper's head to like get him covered in alcohol, and then. Yeah. 
and then Seth throws this lit paper towel doused in lighter fluid over the counter and it just erupts into flames. But one of the like funniest moments to me <laughs> in this is the burning shopkeeper's dead body on top of those popcorn bags and his body is like convulsing as the popcorn pops. It is so <laughs> funny to me. That is, yeah, that is, <laughs> I, that is fucking brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah, who, who even thinks of that? Robert, Quentin, you weirdos. I know. So good. So, so good. we talked about how hot Seth is. How mm. Then we have on the other side of the spectrum, we have the Richie. disgustingness that is Richie, played by Quentin Tarantino, who just fully leans into this like psychotic freak total pervert like he's so infuriating like i mean he's already like out of his mind like i feel bad for this for the shopkeeper who's like doing everything he's complying he's doing his best and then richie's all no i saw him he was giving signals scratching He's like, I wasn't scratching! And he's like, you're scratching. He likes the murder. He likes the oh. chaos. Oh, he loves it. He loves, he loves it. it. Or he like he doesn't even... I don't even know if he realizes he's creating it. It just happens, you know, around him. He's like... He well, also, we chaos. know he suffers from delusions and hallucinations. So maybe he did see that. Who's to say? That might be his truth. I mean, that's true. I know. Here we are being very judgmental of this mentally ill man. Right. But he's annoying. He's so annoying and so gross that <laughs> when he gets shot in the hand, I'm like, thank God. Hooray. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm like, hooray. That's what you get. Do you, th- do you think that if you were in a situation like this, though, where like you had to play cool in front of a cop who was like questioning you while there were, you know, could yeah. you play it? You think you could? Yeah. For sure. I mean, I if guess my life, life depends, depends on, it. on it. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I'd be like, I'll, I, well, especially if it was fucking Seth, I'd be like, I'll do whatever you yeah, want me whatever to do. Daddy. You want. Do you want me to go with you? I'll go with you. you can, like, <laughs> do you want me to replace this bitch, <laughs> this hostage? <laughs> she can't do what I can do. Yeah. La, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I know. Kick that bitch out and put me in, coach. Yeah, put um, me in that trunk, bitch. I'm ready to go. Oh my god. <laughs> We're so fucked up. We're so <laughs> Hey, this, this is, is a, a Quentin- demented episode already. This is this is a demented episode, but hey, this is the movie we're talking about. We're talking about Taran- Tarantino. <laughs> Tarantino has left a stain on our brain. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, I'm ruined after watching this. Listen to me. <laughs> What I meant by that was that um, Miss Gloria, poor Miss Gloria over here, she's taken to this uh, hotel, you know, and forced to sit there, make no sound. And he's like giving her all these directions. He's like, if you ask a question, you'll get shot. If you move, you get shot. If you do anything, I would be so stressed. Like, I would I'd be like, I would be, I would be like this with my finger in my mouth. And I'd be like, okay. okay. <laughs> and then okay. boom, I said, don't say anything. <laughs> poor Gloria. She, this isn't for her. Maybe that life is for us, that hostage life. But oh um, my god, yeah, I don't have to go to work. I don't have to do anything. Yeah. I could probably just sleep through the whole thing. She just wanted to work at the bank and make banana yeah. bread and whatever else women like her do. But if I were her, I, I wouldn't even ask to go to the bathroom. I'd just be like, I'm just gonna go on myself. I'm yeah. gonna get, I'm, I'm gonna get blown up or blown away <laughs> by these two. You can be like, um. Can you watch me go potty? <laughs> Ew! <laughs> you need a cold shower, bitch. <laughs> I know. I'm hot and bothered, bitch. This weather's yeah. getting to me. It's not just the weather, honey. <laughs> and then the section ends with 
Quentin Tarantino asking this bitch to take her fucking shoes off and know, staring Miss- longingly at her feet. At her uh, you piggies. know what I like about this is that Miss, you know, Quentin Tarantino, he doesn't discriminate. He likes everybody's no. He just likes feet. He, he likes loves everybody's feet. feet. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. Yes, they can be starlets. They can be Miss Gloria. She's, you know. Uh, she's, she's, you know. She, she's your everyday lady. She's your everyday woman. Yes, she's a girl on the go, if you will. Yeah, yeah. she's a working gal. She, you know. <laughs> Shall we move on? Sure. Let's get our feet on the floor and get going. <laughs> <laughs> Take your shoes off and let's get to going. <laughs> We then meet the Fuller family on a road trip. Retired pastor Jacob Fuller, played by Harvey Keitel, who I honestly think is also really hot. Stop it. Stop it. I literally wrote, why am I so attracted to Harvey Keitel in this movie in my notes? There's something warm and comforting and fatherly about the way his face is groomed and like the glasses and the way he's wearing his hat is so sexy. And then like his hair is kind of like that. So like yes. down. Oh, I don't know. He's so hot in this movie. He's Harvey so Keitel. Hot. Like what? I know. He... Daddy. Daddy. <laughs> like whoa. I'm shook every time I watch this. I'm like, oh god. I would not say no. <laughs> I would not. I would actually ask the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sexy. Can I just butt him a man? <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Fuller is traveling with his young adult daughter, who's not quite 21, Kate, played by Juliette Lewis, and adopted teenage son, Scott, played by Ernest Liu. Jacob retired as a pastor since his wife's death, which led him to drift away from the church. A new story is shown about the Gecko brothers and their atrocities, which includes killing 16 people and Richie being a known sex offender. (laughs) No big shock there. Him? You? You? (laughs) (laughs) No, you. (laughs) The newscaster, played by Kelly Preston, who is sharing the story, then interviews FBI agent Stanley Chase, played by John Saxon. Oh, RIP to you too. I know. uh, Two beloved stars. Two beloved fallen stars. Yeah. Who apparently passed away in the same week. Oh, whoa. That's weird. In the same week. Isn't that crazy? Oh my god. Well, thank God we're covering their most famous roles during <laughs> this for 30, 30 yeah, seconds. Thank, god. <laughs> thank oh. god. But FBI agent Stanley Chase promises to take down the Gecko Brothers. Seth returns to the motel to discover that Richie had raped and murdered Gloria. Oh my oh god. Oh god. Why that part? Seth scolds the insane Richie for his disgusting choices, and now they need to find new hostages to escape into Mexico. The Fuller family also checks into the Dewdrop Motel and almost drive their RV into Seth, who creepily smiles at them. I don't think it's creepy. I think it's sexy. <laughs> oh my god! It was honestly, I was so, I was kind of scared. I was like, if I if I was already wary about going to this hotel. And this man stopped me and just stood there and creepily looked at me. I'd be like, no, we are definitely out of here. No, you know, he had that beer in his hand. I would have been like, hey, got any more hooch? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, crybaby. Crybaby wants some hooch. (laughs) (laughs) After they check into their room, the brothers take the family as hostages to take their RV across the border. Richie begins to fantasize about Kate. 
Against Jacob's wishes, Seth forces the entire family onto the RV to cross the border. As they head to Mexico, Seth learns from Jacob that he used to be a minister and his wife died in a car accident. With the backstory out of the way, Seth threatens Jacob to get them safely across the border or else he will kill them all and let Richie have his way with Kate. The group is stopped at the border. Scott threatens to tell the cops what is going on, but Jacob forces him to keep quiet. The RV is searched by a border guard played by Cheech Marin, but the brothers are hiding in the bathroom with Kate. Seth tells Richie not to act like a fucking nut. Richie becomes upset and starts babbling about how he's offended. Seth hits him, knocking him out. The guard hears the noise and searches the RV where he finds Kate pretending to take a shit. (laughs) They are permitted to enter Mexico. Soon after they enter, Seth becomes excited and declares that he'll let them all live because of their calmness during the border stop. He tells Jacob to keep driving until they reach a side road leading to an eccentric bar called the Titty Twister in the middle of the desert. (laughs) Richie wakes up just as they approach the bar. Seth tells them all to keep cool as they enter, have a drink, and wait for Carlos. Okay, here's where we get the sign of the double feature woven into the film because when George Clooney returns to the motel room. He enters with these big kahuna burgers, which are from a restaurant featured in Pulp Fiction. And later in the bar, they enjoy a beer called Chongo Beer, which is from Robert Rodriguez's Desperado. So we can kind of see even like the split between, I mean, if the genre wasn't enough already in the storytelling. of course. These little details are also a, a cool sign on, you know, where we're going. Yeah, from their, like, individual universes. Like, the Quentin universe, the Rodriguez universe. And then here they are both showing up in the same movie, which is really fun and really unique, to be honest. Like, what other movie does this? It's so cool. uh, They're they're great filmmakers. They are. They know what they're doing to make something really exciting. We get the introduction of the Fuller family, which are the complete and total opposite of what we've just experienced (laughs) with the Gecko Brothers. Right, we have, yes. you know, we have the used to be pretty pious Jacob, you know, the former pastor. Mm-hmm. We have his daughter, Kate. She's like a good little Christian girl. And then we have their adopted son, Scott. And so, yeah, they're like a family unit, which is a parallel, I guess, to the family that is, you know, the Gecko brothers. So we have this kind of like dueling families going on here. One, which is, which is, uh, you know, crime ridden and sort of on the wrong path and then we have the righteous path family even though they're sort of yes. astray but they're Derailed, they're sort of yeah yeah they, they're they're fragile like the direction they can take is pretty fragile because and we see that the influence of the gecko brothers eventually you know have them stray from the, from the path yeah, I really actually love the way we start off with the Fuller family, especially with the trajectory that they all take individually. But yeah. of course, most especially Kate. I love the journey that Kate takes. You know, she really starts yeah. off as this good girl who's used to her father being a pastor and really wants him to return to his righteous path of being one. Um, and I just, I I don't know what it is, but I love Juliette Lewis and everything she's in. I love Juliette Lewis. And I, can, I cannot tell you how many times I've said this since our Dracula episode, but when you did that impression of her, I have cannot stop saying it. When we, were ta- when we were talking about how Juliette Lewis was potentially going to be cast as Luce. And we're like, I don't know if I could see her because she has that kind of drawl. And you go, yeah, I don't know. 
I'm going to marry him. Like the way you said that, <laughs> like lives in my mind rent free. Like I said, I said it, I said it maybe about 40 times while watching this movie. <laughs> I'm going to marry him. <laughs> I want to study her voice and really be able to like nail it. Like, yeah. If, there like we go. Her. Snatch game. That's your, that's your go-to. <laughs> yes! When I get on RuPaul's Drag Race with my non-existent <laughs> drag, I'm going to be Juliette Lewis in the Snatch Game. And you're gonna, yeah, take him by storm. <laughs> Ew! Richie is an absolute creep! Ew, he is the worst! He is... He just, like, every scene, you're just like, you are the worst person that's ever existed. Like, we've already learned that he's quite sadistic. And then Miss Kelly Preston, yeah. as the news anchor, tells us that he is a known sex offender, which is disgusting. And yeah. then we find out that he's raped and murdered Miss Gloria, who oh. I think we were already as an audience, like empathizing with, sympathizing with. Like we we felt yeah. like you were feeling yourself in that position. Like, could I do that? Would I be able to to uh, to do that? To yeah, because she she, 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 she gets a pretty like hefty scene there where he's like threatening her and telling her to be quiet and there's some, there's a part of you that thinks like okay she this woman's smart enough i'm sure she's going to comply and she's she's somehow gonna make it out and right and she like she like doesn't she gets it like pretty badly to the point where they can't even show it what happened to her i know they kind of show her in the background she looks topless and murdered bloody it, it's horrible oh, but that, it's, that editing though is very very fantastic it's fantastic, when, but also quite disturbing. Oh, it's so super disturbing, but it's effective, I will say. When uh, when Seth finds her for the first time, and you're just... We get, like, the quickest flashes of, like, blood splatters. It's, like, so quick, you can hardly even, like, see it. You know? And he's like, he's like, what is this? What did you do? And we're just getting, like, little flashes of, like, pe- like shots blood of the Blood on the telephone. Blood, yeah. The yeah, body. It, I thought that was really brilliant. I thought that was so well done. Where we didn't have to see it. Like, obviously, we're going to learn what happened to her and how horrible it is. So, but so it was like just enough to make it really scary and like really disturbing. So they end up crossing paths at this dewdrop motel, and this all happens very quickly. Like, oh, I know. They see Seth and uh, Kate's like, "I don't want to stay here. Like, this is gross. I don't want to stay here." It's so funny. It's so good. They, they take them hostage very quickly. And this is where I think things would get a little bit messier. I don't know if I'd be able to keep my cool if I weren't by myself. Like, if I were with... Well, I guess you're, it's more comforting having people there. But if I were, like, the father of these two young yeah. people, Oops. I don't think I'd be able to keep my cool. I would try I mean, to, like, fight my way out of it, I think, at that point. I know. It's so hard because you have to, like, think of, like... Not just your life. You have to think of the lives of your children. Ugh, this is why I'm never having kids. I know. They're going to put me in sh- fucking shitty predicaments, like being held hostage. I know. Like, I have to, like, think of them, too, if I'm in this situation. Like, <laughs> I'm fully fight or flight. That might be it. I might not fight my way through. I might run away and leave them there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> every, every man for themselves. Sorry, kids. Bye. Yeah, you guys are old enough. <laughs> <laughs> I taught you well. They're like four, they're like four years old. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye. So they get to this RV and they're like, we're going to go to Mexico. I couldn't quite understand at first why they needed hostages to get into Mexico. Right. But then I realized, oh, it's because 
they're like known criminals. Yeah, they're on, on a the ranch list. Well, usually it's not that hard to get into Mexico. At least it isn't in California. You, know, you just drive straight in. Literally. It, that's it's what I was getting like, what are they ba- worried about? It's getting back into the States. That's the That's, that's the, the problem. Issue. Yeah, you but know. it's easy just to quickly... I mean, one one minute you're in San Diego, and the next minute you're in Tijuana. You're in TJ. Yeah, literally. Like, is this in Mexico now? Like, I had no yeah. idea. When I drove down there, I was like, I had no idea. They just need, like, a family as, like, a cover-up. It's You know, it's just like we learned in uh, We're the Millers. Like, you know, as long as you have, like, a, a, a nice little family to Facade. fall back on. Yeah. yeah. You can do anything, like, sneak into the, in and out of the country. So they have to put on this act. Again, keep their cool, not alert the authorities. And the authority happens to be Cheech Marin in one of many roles he plays in this movie. Oh, my God. Honestly, he's the, the MVP of this movie. Shit. I mean, yeah. He said, Sarah Paulson who? Like, I will play every role. Three completely different roles. A strict border guard, a crazy lunatic in the bar, and then like a... Yeah, pussy man. A a kind of like crime lord boss. Yeah. Yeah, Carlos. Wow. Yeah, he is quite versatile. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, He definitely earned his Oscar. He won for this movie, so... um, Oh, (laughs) totally. Totally. They made him work for it, Mama. (laughs) (laughs) Again, Richie being the most infuriating human in the world when he's like, at this point, I'm like rooting for them, which is kind of funny. Like, I'm rooting for them to get through because I want to, I want our, you know, nice little family family to to survive. Right. Exactly. But like that moment when he's in the bathroom and he gets like offended by being called a fucking nut, you're like, like, shut the fuck up, Richie. Yeah, I'm, like, right there with Seth, like, dude, just stop for five seconds. Like, honestly, Seth could do well without Richie. Richie's out of nothing but fucking trouble to this whole, dead whole thing. I'm like, why does yeah. he keep dragging him along? Are their characters the same in the series? Yes, their, their characters are exactly the same. And okay. I've watched all the series, and um, which, honestly, I kind of enjoyed. I did like it. Um, but the first season is pretty much the entire movie of From Dust Till Dawn just spread out over an entire season of shows. So <laughs> oh, you, don't even, no. you don't even get to the bar until like the fourth episode of the show. So like the whole first episode, the whole first hour is just the the gas station scene and then the next episode was like a whole hour of just the hotel scene and the next episode was like a whole hour of like the travel to the border and then the fourth episode is them finally getting it was like it's just like oh my God. And of course and of course they like add characters and there's like a little more obviously there's more backstory there's more going and on. things yeah yeah but um i think but already knowing the movie like, it's, you kind of don't want to see that all rehashed. I'm like, well, just crazy. It's like, oh, my God, okay, I know what's coming. I know what to anticipate. Can we get there already? Like, Jesus Christ. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, I, I enjoyed it. it. I think the first season is probably the best season of it. But I really Shocking. It. And I'll probably talk about it more as we go along. But, uh, yeah, the characters are pretty <laughs> much the exact same. And, uh, again, I think what's his name? DJ Cortona. J- DJ uh, is his name. Also, so fucking, fucking gorgeous. He's like the perfect, 
Clooney replacement in this. Mm. And they even made Quentin's character, Richie, kind of hot. So, Oh, yeah, he's kind of hot, too. That was a plus. That was a plus for sure for to watch it. Step up, yeah. Um, Okay, cool. So they enter Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) And Seth is like, you're going to take a left at the tree, and then you're going to make a right down this desert road, and you're going to go all the way down until you come across a bar called the the Titty Twister. The Twitty Twister. The Twitty Twister. Oh, wait, we forgot to mention how lunatic Richie is about his hallucinations. Like, he has this vision of Kate looking back at him as they're being taken hostage. So oh obviously God. it's a fantasy. Yeah, and she's all, hey Richie, would you please eat my pussy for me? Ugh! Oh my God. Ew, uh, she's a child. Uh, is she? Because she says later that she's not 21. But then the synopsis, I kind of changed it because they said that she was a teenager. I'm like, I don't think she's a teenager. Maybe I think she's 19. a teenager. 20. Maybe 18, 19. Okay. She's an adult. Yeah. Yeah, well, I guess. As adult sure. as a teenager can be. <laughs> sure. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah, he's like having like these disgusting visions of her. And then uh, he like in the van, he like asks her, he's like, do you, if you want me to do that thing for you, I'll do it. And she's all, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. He's like, you know what you said back in the motel room? She's like, what did I say? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and he's like, we'll talk about it later. And she's like, okay. <laughs> Little does she know what it is, which is really horrible. At, At the, the entrance, entrance of the, the Titty Twister, twister the, the doorman door played by Chet, Chet Pussy. Is his name Chet Pussy? Uh, according to uh, the cast list, his name is Chet Pussy. All right, there we go. Chet, Chet Pussy, Pussy played once again by Cheech Marin entices men to enter the bar, claiming they have a variety of... Bussy. I would, I would walk up to him and be like, y'all got bussy? Yeah, what about bussy? <laughs> That's what I came here for. That's what I came here for. You mean to tell me that all those truckers and bikers are straight? I don't think so, mama. Yeah, give me a break. The Fullers and the Geckos approach the bar, and Seth immediately gets into a fight with Chet, who initially refuses to let them in. As Chet writhes on the ground, Richie gives him a kick to the ribs before they all get inside. Seth feels right at home in the bar, and alcohol flows between minor bar fights, a rock band played by Tito and Tarantula, and scantily clad women dancing on the tables and bar. Woo! I love it. Played by Jake and Frankie. Yes! (laughs) These are definitely my favorite characters. Seth orders whiskey from the bartender, Razor Charlie, played by Tanny Trejo. Did I just say Tanny? Tammy Tammy Trejo, my mom. Tammy. (laughs) Tammy Faye Trejo. Tammy Faye Trejo. Seth orders whiskey from the bartender, Razor Charlie, played by Danny Trejo. Charlie tells him that this bar is private, only open to bikers and truckers. A bouncer tries to kick them out, but Jacob convinces Charlie that he is in fact a truck driver. They're permitted to stay. Seth clears the table for the group. A man known as Sex Machine, played by Tom Savini showing up in yet another movie in a row for us. Wow. He's a star, honestly. He is. Is seen taking a beer from a fellow patron, Greg Nicotero. The patron pulls out a knife, but Sex Machine reveals a gun with two barrels in between his legs, stacked in the shape of penis and balls. Mmm. We also see another bar patron named Frost, played by Fred Williamson, enjoying the bar. 
Seth serves shots for himself, Richie, and Kate. He then has a shot with Jacob after he convinces Seth to relax as he escaped the clutches of the FBI and needs to recognize his success. Seth cheers to the Fuller family. The lights in the bar dim as the beautiful Santanico Pandemonium, played by Selma Hayek, performs. The stage is illuminated with flames as she seductively dances with a snake. Everyone in the bar watches in awe. She makes her way off the stage and into the crowd. She gets on the Fuller family table where she places her foot in Richie's mouth and pours the whiskey down her leg and into his throat. After the show, Chet returns and tells Charlie and the bouncer that Seth and Richie jumped him. When they confront the group, the crazy Richie pulls out a gun and one of the bartenders stabs his already shot hand to the table and another gunfight ensues. The brothers come out on top as Richie overpowers the bartender by stabbing him and Seth shoots the bouncer. They bleed a green ooze. Santanico sees the puddle of blood on the table and then suddenly transforms into a hideous beast-like vampire and attacks Richie, biting him on the neck. Seth shoots Santanico off of Richie, but Richie dies soon after. Suddenly, the bouncer, the dancers, and the bartenders rise from the dead in the same beast-like vampire state. The doors are locked and the vampires begin brutally feeding on the bar patrons. As they get into this bar, as usual, there are a bunch of great references. Someone's wearing a Precinct 13 shirt in honor oh, yeah. of John Carpenter. That who Scott is wearing Quen- that, yeah. Yes, who Quentin and um, Robert idolize. Oh yeah, it is Scott. Duh. Yeah. Uh, duh. And then, <laughs> Kurt's, uh, the, sorry, the Titty Twister bar, the exterior design of it is based on um, Kurtz's camp in Apocalypse Now, who the Kurtz is obviously played by Marlon Brando in Apocalypse Now, who's so fucking hot. Also, uh, I mean, not in Apocalypse Now, but at one point. In what time. are you talking about? <laughs> ah. Just kidding. But yeah, Marlon Brando's so sexy. I don't know if I want to know Seth's backstory. I don't know if it's in the series, but I kind of feel like is. he didn't have a father. I don't Did remember. He Okay, well, uh, I kind of feel like he doesn't have a father, which is why he takes to the Fuller family so well, because I think really mm. his bond is with Jacob. And when Jacob yeah. sort of is kind of, in a way, not preaching to him, but like coaching him, like telling him, like, are you such a loser that you can't see that you've won? Like that yeah. kind of like fatherly, you know, pep talk. Oh, yeah. And he needs it. He he. I think he enjoys that part of him. He he looks up to him in a way. He probably yeah. thinks it. You know, in a very subtle way, like you, you would, you would never know. But I do think that deep down, he has a, an, a respect for Jacob. Yes, yeah, I think he really takes to him, especially after he gives him that, that little pep talk, which is cute. I really love this bar. I really wish somebody would like make this Bitch, bar in real life. This looks fun as fuck. I'm surprised Vegas hasn't recreated this or something. Honestly, it looks so dope. I'm like, I want to go there. I, you know what? They did have a From Dust Till Dawn maze at Hollywood Horror Nights once where you like got to Ooh. go into the Titty Twister and everything. And it was actually really fun. I really liked that that maze. Ooh, um, did they serve drinks? <laughs> I wish. No, we just walked through and Santanico's ugly ass would jump out. I was like, ugh, bitch, you, you are no Selma. <laughs> you are no Selma. <laughs> That's what I told her. I'm just kidding. Now they had like the ugly face on, but with in a bikini jumping out at you. I'm like, this is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so here's Cheech Moran in his second role as one of the seven dwarves. <laughs> as Chet Pussy. 
Jet pussy. I like yeah. this apple pie um, pussy. I do like that one. That sounds delicious. Goes, oh, a new one. Apple pie pussy. <laughs> oh my God. Poor, poor Miss Kate. Poor Miss Juliette Lewis. She is so sexualized in this movie. I know she is. I wonder how old she was because she just got done with Natural Born Killers right before this yeah. movie. She's almost like ageless. I mean, up until now. I'm all what? <laughs> no, no, not now. But back then, she was quite the winner on a writer. Yeah, she was. I don't know. But the way they treat her in this movie, I'm like, oh, God, of course. Quentin. You I know. The writing is so predatory. Yeah, I mean, my God, how many times do we have to allude to her pussy in this movie? I know. God. She even said, oh, my God. Yeah, no. Let's uh, move on. Yeah. Um, in the bar, I feel like I've seen these patrons before. Like, this makes me uncomfortable. Like, I want to go to the bar, but I don't want these patrons to be there. They're yeah, no. Uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't want all these, like, straight biker... Again, I love it. The early 90s bikers that, you know, plagued society. You know, we don't really see too many bikers nowadays in movies being menaces to society. I feel like it's, like, a thing of the past. Right. It totally is. Unless you watch, like, like Sons of Anarchy or something. But who watches that? (laughs) (laughs) And we get another staple across the Robert Rodriguez universe, which is Danny Trejo as Razor Charlie, the bartender. In the skinniest role he's ever played. That's actually not true. Because have you ever seen Mi Vida Loca? Which is like an HBO, made for HBO TV movie. Oh my God, no, but it sounds terrifying. I know, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, He he (laughs) plays like this like drug addict who's out begging for money. And that was definitely, I was like, he's almost unrecognizable. Wow. And then he packed on the muscle. Packed on a couple pounds, did From Dust Till Dawn. And now look at him. He's the beefy warrior. Who sells donuts (laughs) in LA. Oh my God. Trejo's Donuts. Um, oh my god I love driving by Trejo's Donuts it's so funny to me <laughs> like oh my god he owns he owns several restaurants in in Hollywood um, one of Ooh. which is Trejo's Donuts and another one is uh, Trejo's Tacos I believe it's called and I went there once and full, uh, full on ran it I okay I can't take credit I did not run into him but I was sitting at my table and my friend who was walking towards the restroom ran into him because he like <gasps> full on works there he works at Trejo's Tacos and probably wow. Trejo's Donuts. I was like, oh my god. I was like, well, there's Danny Trejo just here on a regular night just at work. He like was straight Waiting up Waiting tables. There. I don't know. <laughs> I, he, I don't know if he was like managing or if he was doing what, but like he legit works Good at these him. places. Somebody that wants to work amongst his people. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. I think that is a I man think... that's really turned his life around. Danny Trejo has like an amazing story. Like when you actually read about him, he is quite the icon. 100%. And yeah, and uh, I should, we should get uh, Trejo's taco or tacos or donuts next time you're here in town. Oh my God. I would love to. I want to run into him too. So I can. I know you might. Um, you, uh, girl, I, you yeah, might. Take a picture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. Machete. And we're also introduced to some other characters. Tom Savini as sex machine which is oh my incredibly God, yes. sexy <laughs> <laughs> which is incredible yeah i know the confidence in that i love it i want to see this gun penis on george clooney but like nothing else on <laughs> just that just like a, a, like a just thong. that flap just a thong <laughs> yeah. and a flap. oh my god yeah that'd be really hot tom savini oh has a great bod 
I will say, though. He does, even in his older age, which is amazing. The only unfortunate thing in this movie is his hair. I'm like, oh, God, the hair's not great. That's his signature, though. That hairstyle has been on that man's head for the past hundred years. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but, like, he has a great rockin' bod, and as Sex Machine, I buy it. I'm like, I buy your Sex Machine. I might ride that You got stamina. Yeah. Yeah, well, he he can get in line, but, like, Clooney, Keitel, Savini. Tom Savini, yeah. Um, (laughs) No, Fred Williamson. Fred Williamson is another one that we're introduced to as Frost. That's all, man. And, um, you know, he used to be a football player. Yeah. um, Known as the Hammer. And uh, he had these, like, well, no, I'll tell you later. But he was, uh, I, okay, I just want to say this because I feel like, there might be a slight reference to him in the next episode because he was like a football player who then was on MASH, you know, which yeah. was, which I think takes place during the what? Korean War? Yeah, I think we're Vietnam. I don't think it's uh, Vietnam. Cre- I think it's I the know. Korean War. Some war. war. I don't war. know. I, I was too young to know. I don't know. Um, That's just so old. And then, <laughs> and then he ended up being like you know a filmmaker and a star of black exploitation films. And I kind of feel like the character Jackson in X is based on Fred Williamson's film trajectory. It, it's possible. I would not. I, I mean, mean, I don't yeah. think he did porn, but yeah. But I mean, <laughs> X is very much like uh, a modern exploitation a film, and, just like yes. what Quentin and Robert have created for years Definitely. and years you know it's almost Exists Ty in West the same universe version of of what they have created something so that, like this yeah, yeah. so that told, i would totally i could totally see that being true and um of course we get a quick little cameo from greg nicotero as the long-haired oh, yeah. man who gets his beer stolen and tom zavini is actually using that whip so mama he has skills oh my Not god only does he have that rock and hard bod but he also has skills with a whip yes he also auditioned for catwoman so, um, right. He would have been forth. great. <laughs> I know. Better than Hallie. <laughs> no, not that one. He auditioned for Catwoman in The Batman. That's out in theaters yes. right now. I heard that. I heard that it was between Tom Savini and Zoe Kravitz. And, Zoe Kravitz. And yeah, she and got it. And she got it because her dad. Just because her dad. Right. Because her dad's famous. <laughs> and her mom and whatever. Yeah, yeah whatever. Like, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So, um, then, so, yeah, this bar looks awesome. There's a band playing. I love Tito and and the Tarantula. I keep wanting to call it the Tarantula. I love Tito and Tarantula after dark. Ugh. After dark is great. They have such nice, well, Mr. Tito, he has a nice, soothing voice with like their smooth, like, melodies and instruments. Oh god. They're really hot. But also, the band is. Robert Rodriguez. He's in the band. I think just in the movie, though, right? I don't know. I, I, I saw this life. fact, and I was like, I don't understand. I um, think he's on stage in these scenes with the band. Like, he's in the band, but he's not... I don't think he's actually in the band. I don't fucking know. The song is great, and the song um, coincides with one of the greatest scenes, maybe, in cinematic history. And this is coming from two gays, two F-words... <laughs> Two of the biggest yes. efforts I'll ever meet. And so you know that it's legitimately probably the best piece of cinema you'll ever see. I actually you started reading it and I was like, oh fuck. That's in this section, of course. This bitch gets to read it. I get I'm to read so it. jealous that you oh read this. Oh my god. Because this is the introduction 
of Santanico Pandemonium, the most beautiful, gorgeous, sexy goddess that's ever lived. lived on almost. I, I don't think there is a sexier woman than Selma Hayek in this movie. And she fucking worked for this role. So okay. I know you've read this. Allegedly, okay, she went to therapy for two months to get over her fear of snakes just so she could be placed under hypnosis for this scene. So I read the thing about the the therapy and all this stuff, but then I read an additional layer that she actually got into the mindset to be put into a hypnotic trance so that she could do this dance. Miss Selma is completely out of it as she performs one of the most iconic pieces of cinema history. That is so amazing. That is like Miss Virginia Madsen level of hypnosis for Candyman kind of shit. Like... These these ladies in the 90s were not playing around. They said, I will go under hypnosis for the role. For this role. Because she wanted this role, but the snakes were just like a huge phobia for her. So actually, Robert Rodriguez lied to her saying that Madonna um, was was asking to be in the film. She wanted to play Satanico, which was not true. But Selma was like, oh, hell no, and got her ass straight to therapy (laughs) to overcome. (laughs) She didn't want to see Miss Madonna up there. (laughs) I mean, Madonna, well, originally the character was named... Something blonde, blonde uh, death, blonde death. So, which I could, is also if, what they call you. So that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that was my nickname in college. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, they're like for a good time called Blonde Death, and it was just my phone number. Um, they were obviously gonna cast white for that. Well, I mean, that uh, seems like how it was originally written. So, if they had done that, I could see Madonna in the early '90s or like the mid '90s doing that. Uh, she probably would not have been as, as sexy. But, you know, they chose Selma because they were totally convinced after Robert Rodriguez made Desperado that she was Satanico Pandemonium. Um, and also, Satanico Pandemonium is the name of a Mexican nunsploitation horror film released in 1975. Do you know what it's about? Nuns. It's about a nun who has visions of Satan setting her free and directing her to send her entire convent to hell. <laughs> Oh my god, that sounds amazing. We need to watch that. Next I week know. on Fear the Talking Queers, we are covering Santanico Pandemonium. Well, the alternate title is called La Sexorcista. Ooh, wait. Isn't that your nickname? That's my <laughs> nickname. <laughs> How are we tied into From Dust Till Dawn? This is I know. bizarre. Oh my god, we were like just children, but they already knew who we were. Yes, the sex symbols we'd become. <laughs> yes. Yes, our <laughs> reputations preceded us. So yeah, so she's up there. She's uh, wriggling around, shaking her ass. She's over here with that Britney Spears snake. I do actually genuinely like the part where she um, drops her foot in his mouth. Yeah, and puts the tequila down her leg. I just wish it would have been in George's mouth. Oh my God, that would have been truly sexy. I honestly probably would have had to pause the movie and masturbate to the image. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Honestly. But instead, it's Quentin Tarantino's mouth. But, you know, I th- we joked about it, but I actually like that he included this because it gives her character an instant, like, power, power. over everybody. She is Because so everybody powerful. was already in awe, just like we are, like, watching this. Yeah. Um, and then just to see her pull that move, it's like, oh, my God, this is a woman who is in control. She's going to tell us what to do. She doesn't even need to get naked or anything. Like, no. this woman has got this 
down. She yes. is a powerful being. Oh, and I love when she's like slow-mo whipping her hair and her arms are going up and oh. whipping her hair back. And oh, it's just so good. Even and I- like the costume, it's just a simple bikini. But then when paired with that big Aztec like headpiece. Oh, oh stunning. Sex symbol. Stunning. And she Siren. is so powerful. And um, then it all goes to shit when uh, this is when the movie takes that major turn. An hour in, we get our, um, you know, our, our little brawl with yeah. the boys. Uh, you know, we get finally Richie getting stabbed in the hand, almost uh. being taken out. And um, <laughs> and they and- they start to fight with the bartender and, you know, Razor Charlie and the bouncer and Chet Pussy and <laughs> we 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 know something's awry because Jacob notices that the weapons have green ooze on them, which I mean, okay, that's kind of corny. Like, okay, goosebumps. But of course it's it was chosen ahead of time to appease the MPAA fucking censors. Yeah. Ugh. Fuck them. Disgusting, but fuck so dumb. Them. Why red blood? Who cares? We know what's inside of a body. We know what we're here to see. Yes. Like, but it is with their green blood. But it's kind of cool. <laughs> I have to say, the it. first time I watched this, I had no idea what it was about. I think I kind of knew it was about vampires, but I also didn't. And then when it started, I was like, oh, this is not about vampires. And then when Satanico's head transforms into that, it's like Cobra, and then it's kind of like alien-ish. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, that's I mean, when that- it completely changed. T- takes a turn that's one of my favorite things to do is to show people this movie but not tell them what the plot is <laughs> because it's so I've done surprising that, I think, yeah i've done that maybe a few times where i'm like just watch just watch it's a good movie and they're like okay whatever and then they're like wait what the fuck <laughs> yeah it totally feeds into their plan to make this a sort of semi double feature like it it is yeah. Very much that because as soon as Absolutely. her head changes, I'm like, oh my god. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. One of the things that I did really enjoy about the series is that they clarified something, which they kind of don't follow completely in this version. Um, it seems like they really, you know, retconned it a bit because um, they do kind of stick to the bat thing in this one because they all show up as like those bats, whatever. But in yeah. the series they say that these are a certain type of vampire that are not necessarily like equated with the bat mythology but with snake mythology so they're like ah. sn- they're like snake vampires and they're called culebras and oh, um i mean that's yeah, sexy that's sexy yeah and uh so they're more like part human part snake as opposed to part human part bat you know okay. and so that's why th- and i think it, it probably all has to stems from this particular costume because every one of these vampires in these mo- in this movie they all look different they all look different they'll die different they all have it's very honestly specific, very inconsistent very crazy <laughs> but i think her having that snake head probably really inspired robert rodriguez to lean into that and make the backstory of the vampires that they're more snake like than they are bat like okay i love that because I know. that that's cool that mixes it up a bit Right, exactly. Shall we move on? Let's do it. Seth, the Fuller's sex machine, and Frost fight back. Kate shoves her crucifix necklace into Chet's mouth and his head explodes. Eyes melting. Oh my god, like jizzed all over her. (laughs) 
Sex Machine kills a bunch of vampires before Charlie fights with him. Sex Machine ultimately impales him through the heart with a broken pool stick. Satanico confronts Seth and threatens to make him her slave. Ooh. <laughs> but he shoots a chandelier off the ceiling, which impales her chest. Her body melts away. The bouncer attacks the remaining survivors, but has his heart pulled out by Frost's bare fist. The heart continues beating until it is stabbed by Sex Machine. All of the vampires are defeated. The survivors are Seth, Jacob, Kate, Scott, Sex Machine, and Frost. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe I have to say that that sentence seriously. <laughs> I know. Sex Machine and Frost sounds like a diner. I know. Ooh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> I'll have the Sex Machine and the Frost. That sounds like a milkshake <laughs> or something. Yeah. Seth goes to find Richie's body as the survivors realize the vampire band is still there. As the group goes to attack, the band disappears in an explosion of sparks. Seth says his final farewells to Richie, but before he can finish, Richie turns into a vampire and Sex Machine attempts to kill him. Seth stops him, then shares a moment looking at Richie helplessly. Seth asks Sex Machine and Frost to hold Richie's arms down as he drives a stake into his heart. Seth begins to drink heavily as the remaining group starts to hear a swarm of bats surrounding the bar. The group then realizes that the killed bar patrons are turning into vampires as well and must fight them off. All of the survivors go around the bar, staking all of the victims in the chest before they can come back to life. While staking the remaining vampires, Sex Machine gets a bite on his arm but hides it from the others. The survivors regroup and plan on what to do next. They agree that what they're dealing with is vampires. They exchange what they know about defeating vampires. Seth gives Jacob a pep talk, assuring his faith is real and he is a servant of God. He comes up with the idea that he can bless the tap water so they can weaponize it. Well, do you know what this means? We have a new set of vampire rules. What are they? Oh my gosh. So here we go. Right from the top. Number one. Crucifixes work. These bitches yes. explode when you put crucifixes in their mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That scene, that scene is so ridiculous when Cheech is like, I suck or whatever he says. I'm like, that line is stupid, Quentin. I know. I'm like, uh... <laughs> I know. back to the writer's chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 1500 might be a little generous for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said before, all these vampires have very unique ways of dying. Like, specific, yeah. like everybody has their own way. Like, some of them melt. Some of them explode into fire. Some of these strippers don't even do anything. He, like, impaled all four of those strippers on the legs of the table, and they just, like, lay there. And it's oh, like, it's a cool... It makes for a cool image, though. It does. The headshot is great. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And I love all the, the vampire strippers. That is hilarious. Oh, it's bikinis. so good. Some of them are actually quite beautiful. Oh my god, stunning, gorgeous. Yeah, they kind of remind me of the vampires in um, Fright Night. Like when yes. Amy turns into a vampire, like it, they all have that oh, similar yeah. prosthetic y face, which is fun. Or even like the werewolves from Trick or Treat. Like totally. Transformation. Absolutely. And I said that, and I wrote this in my notes. I said, they kind of all look like different kinds of monsters. Not only do we have a snake vampire, we have. Uh, ones that look like werewolves we have ones that look like vampires we have ones that look like bats we have ones that look like zombies there's <laughs> zombies that, there's that one that's like crawling and attacks kate and has like his legs all kind of mangled. Up, mangled yeah. I was like, okay, it's like a zombie movie yeah it's like they hit every sort of creature they could um yeah which is kind of fun, which is fun but it's also like this what is this is so chaotic 
There's so much it's chaos. It's very chaotic. But also, this first fight seems rather short. Like, I kind of wish there were some, yeah. like, tougher moments with killing, like, Razor Charlie and Satanico. Like, they seem easily overcome. I know. I'm always, like, really disappointed by how, how easily Satanico's killed. Yeah, because they come across, especially those characters, like Razor Charlie and Satanico, like, once they're transformed, they really do come across as very threatening, but I feel like their deaths are super fast. Like, they almost should have waited to utilize them until the end of the fights. I know. Like, the chandelier falling on her, and then she's, like, done after she gives that little monologue about making him her slave and licking the dog shit off her boot. Like, I was like... It was too easy. I know. Like, she deserved better. Like, if she's the most evil woman on the planet or whatever, you know, he says... Like, she should, she deserved better. Why is it so easy? I know. But then I read on the IMDb trivia that the fight scenes in Massacre were much longer, but they were cut for pacing and to appease the MPAA censor. So again, the MPAA ruining some of our great movies. I know. They're the worst. I hate them. Also, is this the first time anyone has managed to survive these attacks? That's what I'm saying. I was like, how do people return to this bar? Does does this happen often? Does this never happen? Is this like a coincidence or like a once in a blue moon experience that this happens? I don't think so. This seems like a nightly thing. I don't know if any of these patrons are actually returning guests. I think that they, unless they've left before the action ramps up, they might leave beforehand. They might leave before dawn. (laughs) I mean, maybe, maybe they're all eaten, but nobody is able to fight back. And this is the first group of people who have ever been able to fight back extremely hard to believe i know this little fan this old family and two the gecko brothers yeah i think that's what makes it seem like so weak like in this like this is kind of faulty because it's like they were overcome so easily yet they do this like all the time i think that's also why you know they make it a point to only accept truckers and bikers people that uh, sure. are against the law, people that pe- no one will ever look for. Yeah, um, people on allegedly. the road. Yeah, yeah people yes, who, exactly. who live their lives on the road who don't have stability or something. Maybe, yeah. Yes, exactly. That's the idea, I think, but, behind yeah, it. But it is very hard to on. believe that this is, these people have managed to overcome this bar that's on, which we, spoiler alert, come to find out later, is like on this like ancient Aztec pyramid like alluding <laughs> that this is they're like old they were like you know been around forever yeah. and this is what happens the bar's like in shambles blown up like do they fix it up every other evening or something like they're obviously, they obviously can't do it during the day when the bar's closed <laughs> <laughs> exactly I also love that the band's instruments turn into body parts so quickly too it's like they had them ready Yes, and the heads are sort of like bouncing around yeah. with the hair whipping to the music. <laughs> yeah, that part, that part is pretty disturbing. It's like, oh god, who? It's I, pretty I, I gruesome. I, was like, I literally thought in that moment, I was like, what if that was my body? How sad, but also kind of cool. That'd be kind of cool. Should we kind of repurpose yeah. into an instrument? I yeah, that big bass body, like yeah. that was insane. <laughs> I know. I don't understand why the band kills themselves. That part always confuses me. Are they killing themselves, though, or are they escaping? They blow themselves up. They blow up into a million pieces. Don't they? Did they blow up into a million? No, it wasn't a million pieces. It was, like, in an explosion of sparks. Like the what? You think said, that the, like, what do you think? They're, like, magicians? Like, I don't know. Maybe they can teleport. 
it, it, to me, it looks like they blow themselves up. They're all like, fuck you, or they say it, they're all, boom, they, like, explode as if they're like, they escaped? I what don't do you, know. Who, why would they escape? Every other vampire is attacking. They didn't want to be killed. <laughs> you're, okay. I mean, maybe you're right. Yeah, it's unclear. They have the ability to blow themselves up. <laughs> I find yeah, that How did that believe. even happen? <laughs> what, what they, oh, my God. I can't. Okay, speaking of the inconsistencies in the vampire design, why does Richie's face change twice? Like, first he has oh, this yeah. big prosthetic head. It's like Quentin Tarantino's worst features magnified. Yeah, he looks like fucking, what's his name, Dorian from The Mask, but, without, <laughs> but not green. Yeah, when his chin gets really big yeah. and his head and hair. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, so he has this big prosthetic face, and then, like, then he has just some prosthetics with glowing eyes, and he actually looks really, like, sexy. Well, it's like the sexiest he's ever looked. Yeah, well, that's part of my, like, one of my vampire rules that I have here is, like, they can change between their their vampire form and their human form in the blink of an eye. Like, <laughs> he, like, literally blinks, yeah. and then he's all of a sudden, like, half, half, you know, human, half vampire. Which I'm like, okay, interesting, interesting. I don't know, it's weird. I mean, it definitely looks like K&B effects had a good old time making this movie. All the effects and things. Right. But I think that they were kind of on a more restricted budget. So they were only allowed to do so many things. But I'm like, I think that they have the budget to make all these prosthetics consistent across the board. Yeah. Like, why does everybody look different? It's sort of like confusing. So I maybe it's a good thing that when Robert Rodriguez yeah. went back to do the series that he sort of cleaned up sure. the mythology behind it totally. to make it a little more seamless. Yeah. Also, I have a vampire rule here where you have to I guess kill the heart. Because we have that scene where the heart gets ripped out and it's like still beating and the bouncer is like still alive and then Tom Savini stabs it with a pencil and then he dies yeah. and just flops on the ground. But then there's scenes later where Kate shoots that, well she like decapitates somebody a vampire and then shoots him in the eye and then he's dead i'm like but did you kill the heart ho they weren't i it's not very clear it's not this is this is presenting a lot of confusion and actually more questions than it answers richie's back from the dead and they're gonna kill they're gonna kill him but uh seth steps in to stop them but then he realizes it's because he wants to be the one to do it. Maybe he's been waiting for this moment also. I'm like, thank God. He's like, Finally, I can I... fucking get rid of him. We have another vampire role, which is when they all show up as bats. Before they get in, all the humans start coming back that they just killed. So I guess this is another vampire role I just thought about. It kind of spreads almost like that, like a zombie virus. You don't have to like yeah. suck their neck and suck their blood. It's just you get a bite and all of a sudden you're a vampire. Yeah, this is from Dusk Till Dawn of the Dead. (laughs) And honestly, some of these bar patrons coming back to life, like you said, the guy with the mangled legs, they look like zombies. They don't, and they never really, but again, I guess budget restrictions. But it's like, how about less is more then? But you know what? It's a Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez fest. Like, it is what it is. I just don't think it's very clean. And and, and the style kind of is just... I think that be, for two filmmakers who have such a specific, unique sense of film styles, yeah. I think that the style gets really messy in this in the in these moments. I agree. Um, 
And especially because they're working on a restricted budget and yet they want to make a movie where the total death count is like 120 people. It's like, okay. Yeah, like, exactly. I don't know. It's which which messy. resulted in them using so many of the same people in the same costumes for for the scenes. They would exactly. literally, they would literally the same just have, six people yes, over and over. Which I think is hilarious. You never know. It's too fast. It's too fast. Yeah. But yes, I mean... Yeah, exactly. So then we have a couple more vampire rules before we move on. They have soft bodies, which is weird. Oh, yeah. They mentioned that their bodies are soft which and mushy. Is, it feels like just a convenient explanation as to why these everyday people <laughs> can just mow these vampires down. It seems a little strange. Which is funny because right before they say their bodies are super mushy and like easy to destroy, right before that they say they're super strong. they're super strong but also super weak yeah exactly get it (laughs) yeah it's Uh, all coming together yeah um oh one vampire rule that we don't know for sure is silver but that conversation is hilarious when they're all silver like isn't that that's werewolves he's like that's silver bullets and he's like well i know there's definitely something about silver and then kate's like does anybody have any silver? They're like, no. It's it like, doesn't matter. We don't have anything that's silver. Then who cares? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then vampire rule number, I think six, seven, I don't know at this point. Uh, holy water. This gives Jacob his purpose. It gives him his reason to come back from the, you know, the dark darkness that has strayed him from the Lord. And he realizes, all right, I got to believe again in order for us to live. Is that enough to restore your faith? Is it a little too convenient? It's a little too convenient. At this point, you're just like hurrying up to force yourself to believe again so you can bless the water. Yeah. <laughs> like, would that work? In the eyes of the Lord? I would, mean, yeah, would exactly. Would that hold up in court? I don't think so. Not in the eyes of God. This might be, I might be asking this question to the wrong people, being us. But I'm like, can Christian pastors like bless water? I don't know. Isn't I thought that was a Catholic, Catholic thing. thing. I mean, I know they baptize people in water in the Christian churches, but I don't know that the water is blessed. I think it's more of like a metaphor. I, I don't know. know. But this, like, I mean, it's... I used to be a nun, so I should know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That was you in Santanico Pandemonium. I knew it. That was me. La sexorcista. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It doesn't sound correct. I'm like, I, I don't know that he has this much power because it's different. Like when priests bless water, it's more, okay. I don't want to say one religion is more legitimate than the other, but they actually <laughs> have to go to like school for that stuff. I know. Anybody can be a pastor. Yeah. I, right. I don't know. I don't know anything. Can you, can you imagine if I became a pastor of a gay Christian church and then you think I have the ability to bless water that can destroy vampires? I don't think so. <laughs> Who the fuck knows? Not me. This is the end. So, is this the end? (laughs) What a calming melody. (laughs) (laughs) Sex Machine begins to transform, hearing voices instructing him to kill the other survivors as fangs grow in his mouth and his body becomes beast-like. He suddenly sneaks up and attacks Frost, biting into his neck. Sex Machine then moves on to Jacob, biting him in the arm and throwing him behind the bar. Frost, still in human form, confronts Sex Machine and they begin to fight, ending when Frost throws Sex Machine through a window, opening the way for the swarm of vampire bats to come in as Frost also transforms. Seth and Kids then run and hide in a back room of the bar. 
Jacob bandages his arm and makes a cross out of a baseball bat and a shotgun he finds behind the bar. He keeps the vampires away from him as he makes his way back to Seth and his kids. They then prepare to make a last stand against the remaining vampires by arming themselves with supplies they find in the room that were stolen by the bar from other truckers and bikers. Before they go into battle, Jacob forces his children to swear they will kill him when he turns into a vampire. They all promise to kill him and then confront the vampires. During the vicious battle, Seth confronts Sex Machine for the final time and knocks his head off, but a horrible beast emerges from his headless body. <laughs> I know. Why? The, like, how? What is why that? Why did this happen to anybody else? I know. I don't know. The beast overpowers Seth, but Kate saves Seth by shooting a bow into the beast's head. Frost then confronts Jacob, but is killed by his shotgun. Right after he kills Frost, he then turns into a vampire and attacks Scott, biting him in the neck. Scott then kills his father with holy water and is swarmed by vampires who tear him apart. He then begs his sister Kate to kill him, and she shoots him, which results in a small blast, killing the vampires around him as well. They are completely outnumbered, and it seems that all is lost until rays of sunlight start to shine through the cracks in the walls, which burn the vampires. They then hear Carlos, played by Cheech Marin, banging on the door, and eventually he breaks through as Seth and Kate run out. The sunlight shines through the entrance and hits the disco ball, hanging from the ceiling, sending out dozens of beams. The vampires begin exploding, and the bar itself explodes as Seth, Carlos, and Kate run away. Outside, Seth immediately punches Carlos, yelling that the place was full of deadly vampires and that his brother and Kate's family were wiped out. Carlos is mostly unfazed, but admits that he'd never been to the bar and just thought it looked like a good place to meet without cops. Seth and Carlos negotiate a new deal for the money. Carlos gives Seth a sports car and takes his cut of the money. Seth gives Kate several wads of cash. When Kate asks if he wants company in El Rey, Seth tells Kate to go home and he drives off. Then the camera shot zooms out to reveal that the bar is actually the top portion of a very large ancient Aztec pyramid. The end. Oh my god. I have to say this about the first... Oh god, look at... I, I, I think I got a little buzz from my drink that I'm <laughs> turning into Juliet Lewis. <laughs> I have to say... Damn. That it's such a cool <laughs> shot of the bats swarming in from behind Frost as he's oh. starting to transform into this beast. What a cool shot. I was gonna say, like, that of all the moments, it, it like, sticks with me from this movie. Like, it's not particularly scary... But it just looks so crazy when all of a sudden he's like some sort of... He almost looks like a werewolf. He looks like some sort of... He transforms into a beast and all the bats are flying (laughs) in behind him with his arms spread out wide. That I don't know why that scene always sticks in my mind when I think of this movie. Yes. That and there's this really specific shot of Satanico walking down the stage to get onto the fuller table. Yeah. And I don't know if it's what, how, why, if it's the play with distance, but it looks so dope. And I forgot to mention it earlier. Um, okay, so Fred Williamson, this is when I was going to bring him up. He actually has rules for when he appears in movies. He oh. was, of course, like we said, a football player back in the day known as the Hammer before becoming a star and a producer. Um, his rules are, one, he can't be killed in the movie. Oh, <laughs> what? Okay, Hayden Panettiere. Right. Yeah, exactly. Two, he has to win all the fights. (laughs) And three, he has to get the girl at the end of the movie. Macho, macho, man. Wow, Jesus. Okay. Great. So none of this happens in this movie. Yeah. (laughs) 
It's like, well, okay. He, he. But he said in an interview that he figured his fans would be satisfied with him killing all these vampires. And when he is finally killed, it's as a beastly vampire, not as his usual heroic self. So he was at peace with his yeah. uh, portrayal in this film. <laughs> I do like when the shotgun goes through him and he, and who's it? Is it George Clooney? Is that Seth is doing this? Who's like shooting? I think so. It's, it's him, right? Yeah, it is. Um, and he's like shooting the shotgun while it's like through his body. I think that part is really fun and really cool. I like that effect. Yeah, there are some cool effects in here. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. And then we have this really comedic transformation by Tom Savini where this, again, this movie is <laughs> kind of chaotic, totally, <laughs> absolutely crazy. And yeah, so like Tom Savini transforming into the vampire. It's like ooh, his arm turns and he's like, ooh, gotta hide it. It's like kind of like cartoony. Like I'm watching Scooby Doo. <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, but, when they turn into those big purple monsters. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of silly, but whatever. <laughs> this movie just nuts. It's so ridiculous. And it gets even more ridiculous with this army of vampires, which oh are God. mostly dummies and cardboard cutouts. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Because their strict budget only allowed for six full vampire suits to be made. So the rest were were some of the dummies from the uh, previous effects repurposed as vampires. Um, <laughs> and, and cardboard cutouts to give the crowd effect. Um, but actually, it's just like like we said earlier, it's just the same six people in the same full bat vampire suits um, doing Wait, these stunts. And we tricks. forgot to mention my one of my favorite moments is when <laughs> who is it that's facing off with all the strippers and they each kind of come out one by one and they're like kind of sexy but kind of half vampire looks and then that one ugly ass vampire walks up like as part of like the six women. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, is it the one with like the melted sort of suit on? Yeah, yes, yes with her with like her weird saggy boobs and yeah, she's all old and wrinkly and like yes. her skin's all cracked. Yes. Yeah, that part's hilarious. I forgot to mention it. I think like... it's in this section. No, I think it, I think it happened earlier. It happened earlier. Yeah, I don't know. So Honestly, funny. I don't know what's going on at this point. Yeah, who knows? It all kind of blends <laughs> together at this point. But then we finally get a little bit of. Um, you know, we take it back to the family when they we find out that Jacob gets bit. Uh, oh no, so sad. And he, you know, he gets into the they get into that back room. You know, they have a really fun moment, a really fun montage where they have time to get all their gear up and do whatever to get ready to fight <laughs> and fill up uh, condoms as water balloons with holy yeah. water. They have a lot of time here, and uh, oh, the carve crosses onto each bullet i didn't even notice that <laughs> yeah i was like oh my god give me a break and so <laughs> i don't know if i'm buying jacob using a shotgun and baseball bat to make the a shape cross. of a cross as like a legitimate cross uh, weapon like a yeah like that they're legitimately scared of that again would this hold up in court in the court of jesus christ at the right. pearly gates it's like using your fingers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I have a cross it's a cross okay yeah back up <laughs> but then we have an emotional moment where you know he knows he's he's gonna die which also seth takes pretty hard which i thought was very cute when he, he tells mm. me he gets bit he's like no like seth's upset it's always so sexy to see a very gorgeous man like be sensitive be vulnerable uh. 
Oh my Especially god. one that kills, maims, and murders. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my god, it's so hot. But then he like makes some promise <laughs> that they're gonna kill that they gotta kill him. And I mean they have to. They, they have, have to. to. I mean So I mean that's kinda sad. Um because he is he's a very handsome older man. <laughs> and that's and it's never fun to see that happen. It's actually very sad when when Scott gets it. Oh my god, I was like, okay, so he has to kill his father, you know, it's kind of yeah, we knew that um, was heartbreaking. Yeah, we knew that was coming, but, you know, it's heartbreaking. And, um, <laughs> I love Kate's reaction to him killing oh, yeah. uh, Jacob. Oh, oh my, my god! god! <laughs> and then quickly the vampires get a hold of Seth, and I'm like, oh my god! They Me killed the kid! Scott, <laughs> Seth, Skip, Santanico, Donnie. Santanico, I'm so confused. <laughs> yeah, when they grab hold of Sky, I'm yeah, like, wow, the child. I know, that is very shocking when he dies to me. I'm always surprised that they did that. And then Kate shoots them and they explode. Explode. <laughs> I know, I'm gl- that was very convenient for the exploding vampires to grab a hold of. <laughs> I know. Um, of Scott. <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm like, is this because they etched those crosses onto the, onto the bullets? Ah, there's a little detail in every death. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, and we also have a, another vampire rule, which is sometimes they can turn into whatever the fuck that giant rat monster is. I mean, honestly, like you said earlier, Kate took off someone's head and this never happens. So <laughs> yeah. what makes Sex Machine so fucking special that he gets a second chance at life? It's stupid, to be honest. I don't like that part. But it's like, why isn't... Why does everybody get to be so different and unique? I don't like it because it's so fast. Yeah. Like you're saying, it's chaotic. It's like chaotic to where you're like, I don't know what I'm rooting for. Am I, if they shoot them, will they die or will they not die? Will they come back? I don't know. Who knows? I just guess I'm here for the ride. I guess that's all it is. Honestly, it's just cheap fun. Yeah, absolutely. And then uh, that leaves us with two. That leaves us with Seth and Kate. Honestly, my two favorite characters and they um, are they are they're great and then they uh they have this fantastic light moment which you know i think fright night 2011 fright stole night. um do, do they do that in the original fright night as well i don't remember um, i feel like they do just you know that it's i feel in like part it's a, two maybe i feel like it's like a typical thing the the light comes through and they start shooting the light and then they have like a laser maze of lights to crawl through yes of course it's like it's a trope it's a vampire trope oh that's a vampire rule sunlight oh we didn't, we didn't talk sunlight. About. yes as usual as usual you. well you yeah. know so- sometimes it's not sometimes they sparkle sometimes they oh you know, sometimes they can we'll walk never be it. doing that movie where they sparkle uh, in light. no <laughs> absolutely not Cheech, Cheech shows up once again as carlos a crime lord <laughs> yeah well, why not and opens the door and, ex- and the disco ball saves the day um i think that one is for the gays they're like hey disco uh-huh. yeah disco saves the day you know what this club is missing a disco ball what? <laughs> <laughs> yes i know and actually on set the exterior of the titty twister actually did burn down at some point 
which delayed production. <laughs> and I do love the idea that the Titty Twister is built on top of this ancient Aztec pyramid where these vampires essentially came from. I think that's such a cool concept that honestly ties into uh, Miss Anne Rice's uh, universe of vampires with her ancient Egyptian vampires. Yeah, sure. I, I like the idea that there's probably, this is just the tip of the iceberg. That yes. with all the vampires they kill, there's probably eight trillion more because that's a big ass pyramid. That's a big ass pyramid. S- Seth is able to go on with his way. He gets his money. He has no brother, but he still gets money. More money than he even expected. Poor little Kate is left to pick up the pieces of her fucking life. I know. I kind of do um, agree with her though. When she, her first thought is, "Hey, Seth, want some company?" I know. Like and he's like, "No." He's, do you know what El Rey is? You know, which is, and I think the idea of El Rey comes from a different movie. Like we said, I can't recall what it is now, but Robert Rodriguez uses it as a, it's sort of like a sanctuary for crime, for yeah. people of crime to go and um, lay low. It's like a refuge for criminals. I feel like I don't remember if the, in the series she might go with, I think she does go with him. I think he does let her go. And then they, the second season is like, their adventures together <laughs> oh okay do they get romantic no because she's still a teenager oh she's young yeah one. and i think he's like into santanico who doesn't die oh thank god she's like a main character in all three seasons she doesn't die and she's played by the absolutely stunning asa gonzalez um yes she's absolutely stunning her dance sequence is also very sexy. She is so gorgeous. She's I sweet. honestly think I look just like her. <laughs> <laughs> you do, you do for sure. All right. Oh my so god. We made it to the end. Final thoughts. Here we go. Oh, look. Oh, it's Dawn. Oh, it's oh over. my god. That's how long this episode's been. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Um, okay, final thoughts. My final thoughts are I really love the way this uh, movie starts off. Yeah. I think it's really interesting. I even love the turn that it takes. I just think that everything after that is a little too chaotic. I think there are some really great moments, some really great effects. It's obviously super fun, super campy, um, but full of horror action, you know, which we always love. Uh, my specific standout moments are definitely Satanico Pandemonium's introduction through that little dance. And of course, Juliette Lewis and George Clooney really hit the spot for me in this movie. Yeah. So I'm going to have to give this movie a, you know what? It's a classic four out of five. Yes. That's what I was going to give it. Yeah. Absolutely. the Same. Yeah. I, I, it does feel like two different movies. But I enjoy yeah. both of them for different reasons. You know, when it switches, it does get kind of chaotic and confusing and absolutely ridiculous. Sloppy. Kind of sloppy. <laughs> but I do enjoy it. But like you said, there are standout moments, specifically Selma, Juliet, George, um, even Harvey. I, I do like Harvey in oh, this as well. Yeah, of course. I do too. And uh, yeah, it's just like pure fun. It's a classic. I think it, there probably hadn't really been much like this before this. I think we're so used to now all these kind of Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez incarnations that for the, yeah. at this point, there never, really hadn't been anything like this that had sort of celebrated an exploitation-esque genre. And so I understand why it's kind of a, considered a classic. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give it four out of five. I think there's problems with it. It's chaotic, yeah. a little sexist, um, a little problematic. <laughs> Um, right. But it's it's a good time. Up the times. Yeah, it's yeah. up the times, but it's a good time. So four out of five. <laughs> 
Yes. 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 Well, everybody, the exploitation, sexploitation continues next week. Yeah, we're on our As we do the newest movie out in theaters right now, X. So if you haven't seen it, uh, watch it before our episode next week. Yes, exactly. No, it's a good time. It's a good time for sure. So don't forget to follow us on uh, Instagram at Fear the Talking Queers. We can see all of our amazing content that we put out all the time. Send us a DM, send us uh, a comment, um, whatever you like, and we'd love to reply. Absolutely. You can also visit um, our little webpage at flow.page slash Fear the Talking Queers. If you're on Instagram, it's the link in our bio. Um, and there you can find where you can listen to us, how to support the show monthly, or how to do a one-time subscription. Have you ever heard of the app Good Pods? I hadn't either. I hadn't, no. But I... I found them. And as a creator, you can get one-time tips uh, through that app uh, via Venmo, PayPal. So if you're a Good Pods member and you want to help us out a little bit and help the show going, um, send us a tip on there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sounds good. Don't forget to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review because I know you love us. I know you do. You have to, especially if you've listened all the way to the end like you are right now. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And um, we'll see you next week for X. Yes. Sweet screams, bitch. Bye. More like wet dreams, bitch. After all that talk about George and Harvey and Salma. Uh, Uh, DJ. Uh, Aza. uh, Hit it. Oh, they were just saying DJ. DJ hit it. (laughs) 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 When I hear music...